Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We are close to Uptown, so that's a nice track, Uptown Anthem, right there by Naughty by Nature. Man, do I love that song. That's a great... That's a great song right there. Welcome back. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This is the Weston Walker Show. Walker Mail not here today. Going to a wedding. But I got Josh Fitty Marlowe in the building. Shroppy behind the board. So we're holding it down. Keep the text coming. 704-570-9610. Hit those socials. Hit that follow button. WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram. At Weston Walker on Twitter. At West Bryant underscore 72. At HTB underscore Josh. And at Shroppy WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram. Text line has been bumping all day. Nick of Time in Charlotte asks, what's up, guys? I'm just tuning in. But have you heard about the Burns to Ravens trade for a first and third rounder? Uh, yeah, I did see that online. And Brian Burns does strike me as a guy I could see in that Ravens uniform, but not sure if that's going to happen. Then I got contrasting reports. Tony Stallings says Giannis, even though he spelled the name wrong, he said he would have smacked me for that poor impersonation. But then I also got a text uh, saying that it was a fire Giannis impersonation. So, you know, I try. I try. But uh, we were talking about during the break, which we'll get to it later. Chili Pepper X. Oh, my goodness. Got rated as the world's hottest pepper, according to the Guinness Book of World Records on Monday, straight out of North Carolina. But we got something even hotter than that. It's called the Live Wire, led by Josh Fitty Marlowe, Shroppy. Let's play that thing. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west, and the west. up north to the down south. Live wires connect. Oh, yeah, we do got some uh, hot <laughs> audio to play you today. All right. Um, we're going to start. We heard from uh, Panthers legend Jake DeLome. Back in the one o'clock hour, we're going to listen to him again right here because a lot of people are giving their thoughts, their opinions on Thomas Brown, the Panthers' new play caller. And Jake DeLone was brutally honest when he told KB, I don't know what to expect from him. I don't know what Thomas Brown's going to look like calling plays. I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know. Yes, we understand the whole Sean McVay background and the, you know, the jet sweeps and the, all the nakeds and the boots and the things that they do with the Rams. I'm not so sure exactly if that's going to be, you know, what his flavor is, what he wants to do. And he certainly didn't give any indication of what he wanted to do when you watched his press conference, because I watched that intently. He's extremely well-spoken. He's very, very intelligent. So I have a feeling there's going to be a few new wrinkles, maybe something different that he thinks we can maybe do a little bit better. But I think a lot of it's going to come from the growth of the young quarterback. I think that's where the improvement comes. Uh, I thought that that was interesting comments from him because that's what I've been saying, too. I've been preaching that what are the four or five plays that are going to show the show us that this is a different regime, that this is going to look different than what we've seen from Frank Reich? Because they talk about how collaborative uh, that their unison has been. And so I'm wondering if Frank Reich knows some of the things that Thomas Brown wants to do but did not implement it and wanted to wait until this day came or did Thomas Brown just have some stuff in the stash that he's been waiting to uh, ask about to be able to implement once he is the guy? But I'm in the same boat as Jake DeLome. 
what is he going to do that's going to be different because uh, he has to get in there and give you some wrinkles. Otherwise, this is just a waste of everybody's time. You know, I think you look back and, and if you put a lot of stock in him coming from the McVay tree, I think you're going to see more play action rollouts, a much more mobile pocket. And I think that's something you've got to be frustrated with the first six games, given the way Carolina failed to protect Bryce. Yeah. Why would you not get him in a much more mobile pocket, get him out there on the edge where if there's nothing there, he can just tuck it and run and get three, four yards. Yeah. Those are positive plays. So I, I think that's that's one thing that not only am I hoping to see that, man, I'm expecting to see that because there's no excuse to get him out from a pocket that cannot protect him. So it's going to be interesting. I, I do think – there's a confidence in Thomas Brown's voice that there isn't in Bryce or, or in Frank Reichs. I think we're going to see a much more put-together game plan uh, from the new play caller of the Panthers. Moving on, we watched the Monday Night Football game, right? Look, it was a fun compa- uh, competitive game. The Cowboys pulled out a 20-17 to 17 win. Okay. There was 19 flags. Uh, that were There were 19 penalties that were committed in the game. Those were just accepted penalties. There were more penalties served throughout the game. Well, Tom Brady went on his uh, Let's Go podcast, and uh, he says he wants to see fewer flags in the NFL. There's so many different violations in football. I would actually like to see less violations called. You know, focus on the important ones and let some other things go. I saw DK Metcalf got penalized for unnecessary roughness. He's, you know, it would. I don't know whether it's unnecessary or not, but all I know is the defender's got every right to, you know, push back on DK, but he doesn't do it. So DK throws them on the ground. They throw a flag. I'm like, I don't understand what the flag is. This is football. This is not, yeah. this is not, you know, this is not, you know, this isn't touch football. This is real football. <laughs> and I think the physicality, which people really enjoy, I certainly enjoyed. I, I love that physical element of the sport. I don't think we should ever lose that. And I think that we are, you know, there's so many people that are, you know, want it less and less physical. It's a, it's, it's more like flag football, which is going to be in the Olympics in 2028. You know, which maybe football goes to flag football over a period of time. And I don't think fans will like that that much. Then everyone should stop bitching about, you know, unnecessary roughness calls. Man, that's my quarterback right there, man. Hard nose. He wants to smoke. He wants the physicality. I'm here for it, Tom. I'm with you 100%. As far as the helmet to helmet hits, you can get rid of that. Maybe the defenseless players, you can get rid of that. But, yeah, man, some of this stuff, like I was – uh, and Dave and Buss is at my son's friend's birthday party. And during the 49ers game, when they called, um, I think it was Gibson on that hit on the Browns. And I'm just sitting there like, dude, it was legal. Like, but if the hit even looks violent, the refs are going to throw the flag. And it's like, yeah, I don't want guys getting stretched out. But Jesus, man, I mean, defenders, it is just so hard for them to navigate through the pass interferences that seem to happen every time there's a deep ball to these hits now that if it looks too violent, you're going to get 15 yards. The ironic part about this is, has there been a player in the NFL that has whined or complained more about wanting more flags because he didn't like getting hit more than Tom Brady? (laughs) That's the thing. What he's saying in theory is very much correct. But we watched this guy for two decades whine and complain if he got touched, asking for flags. And, I mean, there, how many rules are in the rule book to protect quarterbacks because of Brady? And, look, the NFL wants their quarterbacks healthy because they are what drives us to watch the games ultimately. But, I mean, one-third of the quarterback rule book is because of Tom Brady. 
got the tuck rule. You got can't get hit below the legs. I mean, everything that's in the rule book to protect quarterbacks, you could look at Tom Brady and say he's a big reason why. Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of people are giving Tom Brady grief on the text line saying the same things that you said, man. But uh, I do agree with the sentiment, though. Let's get a little bit less flags in the game. All right, Shroppy, I might need you to pull up the foul line for the next cut we're about to play. Um, because Micah Parsons, who who has his own podcast for God knows why, uh, went on his podcast after the Cowboys won on Monday Night Football and called out the haters of the Cowboys and, and wants the same smoke there to be for the Eagles and the 49ers. We want the same energy for everybody because there's a whole bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott, but not the same when it's the Eagles. I got time today, okay? So why is it that we are just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're just all talk? But there's a hundred excuses for these other these other teams. Like if y'all just gonna hate Cowboys Nation, just say y'all hate Cowboys Nation. But don't sit here and throw shade on us. Keep the same energy for everybody. I just want the same energy for everybody because people, I feel like those analysts are failing. Drop hit it. Oh, they'll look at this funny. to see whether this is a flagrant. Mm, was I didn't know this was coming I don't even know if I see that again. <laughs> You've got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? <laughs> this is why players do not need their own podcast, because they talk out of their ass. A, if you go to Philadelphia, if you go to San Francisco, their team are being held accountable just like you are. But that quote where, oh, I don't want to be hated on, that's what's wrong with the current Cowboys. The teams in the 90s, they didn't give a damn. They'd commit, they'd, they'd do drugs Monday through Saturday, show <laughs> up on Sunday, and kick that ass. But these players now, oh, we don't want the pressure. You play for the Dallas Cowboys. You play for America's team. There's always going to be pressure when it has been 26 years since you played in an NFC title game. You've won four playoff games in 26 years in a city in a state that eats, sleeps, drinks, pees, poops, football. <laughs> you gotta win in the postseason, Micah. Because if you if, if if you win in January and in February, guess what? Stephen A. can't can't make his jokes. He can't yeah. put on that cowboy hat and go. <laughs> None of that crap happens if you win. And man, I love Micah Parsons. He's the best defensive pass rusher I've seen play in a Cowboys uniform. Because I didn't, get, I didn't get to see Charles Haley. Okay. I didn't get to see some of those dudes from the Doomsday defense. But, dude, shut up and win. You got ran over by the Arizona freaking Cardinals, man. You deserve all the smoke. Shut the hell up. Okay, let's get it. You got fire fizzle today, and you got Fitty going to the foul line, and I had to agree with you 100%. That's why I didn't say a word. I just let you cook right there, okay, because I agree with you, too. Michael Parsons is tripping. He seems to forget about that loss to the Cardinals. He seems to forget that, yes, everybody does hate Dallas because they are so popular, and there are going to be a lot of haters when there's a lot of lovers of said team, but there's also a contingent 
yourself and my mother included, of Cowboys fans <laughs> who do hold the team accountable and they do give them a hard time when they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Michael Parsons does need to chill out a little bit on the mic. I do agree with you, especially guys doing podcasts during the season where you play the game and then you go and hop on the mic after said game. It just sounds like whining and crying to me. So, Fitty, I second you on those emotions. This 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 was coming because remember <laughs> he, he talked after the Arizona loss and I and I was just like bro you can't you can't talk after you got ran over by the worst team in football at the time yeah. I think the Bears are worse uh, than than the Cardinals are and then the, the, the other night oh we want everyone to be held a, dude, <laughs> I, I know the Niners get held accountable I yeah. know the but they're not the Cowboys yeah they're not the talking point that the Cowboys are right wrong or indifferent. That's what you sign up for when you put the star on your helmet, man. Yeah. And I want my guys, the great guys, to embrace it. Don't run from it. It's a privilege. It's a, and, uh, and, Ar- and the thing was that Arizona dominated Dallas, as did San Francisco. And so the 49ers, that lost to the Browns. The Browns are a mediocre team. Yeah, they had P.J. Uh, PJ out there, P.J. Walker, but they lost a close game. And then the Eagles, the same thing. Like the Jets are a fringe team, and they lost a close game and so they weren't dominated twice but yeah uh, I'm with you 100% but when we come back on the Weston Walker show minus Walker Mail we are going to give out mid-season grades for the local college football teams you aren't going to want to miss that that and a whole lot more sports radio 927 WFNZ don't touch that dial baby McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, folks, here we are back once again. The Wesson Walker Show. And I've been saying it all show, minus Walker Mail. I got Josh Fitty Marlowe and my man Shroppy in the building. Shroppy, hit that breaking news sounder. Oh, it's going to take... Oh! Okay. Mm. <laughs> On Twitter, that was pretty good. On Twitter, it's come down per Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Panthers wide receiver Terrace Marshall has received permission to seek... A trade. We know they've been talking about several players who are available uh, to name a few. Jeremy Chen, Dante Jackson, and Terrence Marshall. We've talked about those three saying that they were available uh, via trade. But now it is official that Terrence Marshall has received permission to seek a trade. So we'll see uh, what he fetches. Will he bring in, you know, 
a, I would think at this point, a realistic chase, sixth or seventh rounder, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I think, what, best case scenario, you maybe get a fifth. You're talking about a dude that's got, for a career, 61 catches, 740 yards, and one touchdown. Yeah, man. I mean, a team would really have to believe that that they can get out of him with the Panthers having gotten out of him, in my opinion, to even give up a draft pick at all. Yeah, I mean, like, I think this is one where, like, if you if you get a sixth or a seventh, you know, because it, it, it's obviously just not working here in Carolina, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've gone through how many different play callers, coordinators, you know, he's three different head coaches and his, and his time with the Panthers, and it, it just doesn't seem to work. And, you know, I mean, I think, I, th- I think it's unfortunate because he was a forgotten guy coming out of LSU with all that talent that Joe Burrow had. Like, mm-hmm. he was a guy. And, I, you know, he, he's got a great body. He's mm-hmm. got a great build to be a legit yeah. outside receiver in this league. And for whatever reason, man, it hasn't happened here, and it looks like they're willing to part ways with him. Yeah, and I think there will have to be a really receiver-hungry uh, team that's got some injuries that feel like he could be a guy that could come in and help. And I'm trying to uh, rack my brain to think of who some of those teams would be to maybe take a chance on them. I mean, maybe a Tennessee, maybe New England's got to be, you know, New England, you know, some of those types of teams that may be willing to take, uh, take a flyer on Terrence Marshall to see what they can get. Maybe the Giants, uh, you know, a couple of teams in that vein, Chicago, but Lord knows the Panthers have done a lot of business with them already. So, We'll see, man. You know, Terrence Marshall, best of wishes to him. I hope that he does figure out uh, a new home and a place that maybe he can get his career on track. Keep the text coming. Sports Radio WFNZ 704-570-9610. Got some texts coming in. Brian says, this is terrible news. Who is going to drop third down passes for us now? Uh, Jack says, McCole Hartman went for a seventh round pick. I think TMJ ends up trading for cash considerations, NBA style, me and my buddy, oh, we would always joke around with the cash considerations when we would say stuff that used to always uh, crack us up when you would see that in a trade. Um, I wonder how they make the the trade for cash considerations. Right, right. Uh, how do they wire it? Do they cash app each other? They send a Venmo, like the owner from the Wizards, like, hey, I'll Venmo you six hundred thousand. Just uh, what's your what's your cash app tag? Okay. So uh, Debo Run says the Chiefs will sign him. They could also be a destination that could perhaps pick him up because we saw a uh, washed. Julio Jones going to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, a couple days ago in a move that I think does absolutely nothing. But um, I just yeah. don't know for Panther fans. And I mean, look, he's going to Kansas City where you're playing where the best quarterback in football. But like, that would just be another tough pill to swallow. Like, because then he'd be another guy that you couldn't make it work here. Like, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you traded away McCaffrey, and he's not the player that McCaffrey was or is. But right. you know, I, I it. I, I would love for him to go somewhere where he could be successful, but does he need Mahomes? I mean, does the guy need a ring? You know, let's just send him to Minnesota, okay? <laughs> Watch him lose with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, they could be a team that maybe might take a fly on him as well for some receiver depth, not to be the starter. All right, getting back to the college football discussion, 
And uh, let's give out some grades. Let's put our school teacher uh, hats, glasses, put the apples on the table. I should have brought in some apples for this. Let's give out some midseason grades. Why don't we for our local college football teams? And let's start uh, in the ACC with the North Carolina Tar Heels. They are undefeated right now. You look at this scoring offense for the Heels, third in the ACC, 37.3 points per game, but a much improved defense for the Tar Heels. And, you know, Drake May is starting to put up those gaudy numbers that you want to see from him. So I'll start with you, Fiddy. What is the grade you're giving Mac Brown, who have you who you have been so tough on uh, throughout his tenure in Chapel Hill? What's the midterm grade you're giving to Mac Brown and the Tar Heels? You know, he's definitely passed the test so far. I gave Carolina an A plus and it's kinda hard not to because mm-hmm. you're undefeated first six and zero start since ninety seven. You got the most potent offense in the ACC. You can run it. You can throw it. And then defensively, we asked them to be average. They're above average. Yeah, you, I would agree. You could almost you could almost say good when you talk about the way Carolina's played defense the first half of the year, and that's why there's talk about them being a, a you know a threat to not only make it to Charlotte but be a sleeper for the college football playoff and. Uh, you know, to me, anything lower than an A would just be, you know, teaching malpractice. So I gave him an A plus. Yeah, sixth in scoring defense in the ACC, and I think a lot of people uh, coming into the season would say, "Hey, if you just give Drake May just a little bit of defense, mm-hmm. you could really have something there in Chapel Hill." I'm going to give him an A. I'm not going to go as far as an A plus only because their signature win to this point is over Miami, but I still got to give credit where it's due. They're unblemished. They're undisputed right now, and so yeah, I would give the Tar Heels an A. Got to love what they see, uh, what you see from that defense. Cedric Gray, man, he is a baller. I think he's playing his way towards being a first-day draft pick uh, as well. But again, I, I have to give it up uh, to the Heels right now. And they look like a formidable team. I know I picked them to be 6-6 six and six before the season. But when you watch them, they just look like a team that if you are going to beat them, you're going to really have to put forth an effort because of the way that they can score the football. Man, they're so dangerous. And when you get extra possessions on them or if you get a turnover, you've got to capitalize because they just score at too high of a rate. I feel like we had, you know, a steak dinner on Carolina winning more than six games. Uh, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Nice try. All right. Moving on to the Clemson Tigers. When you look at this team right now, two and two in the ACC, four and two overall. What grade are we giving out to Dabo in the game? I gave him a B minus, and okay. maybe that's a little high, mm-hmm. but it's there. there's pedigree there. The transition to the offense, for me, I thought it was going to be a lot more smooth sailing. I thought this offense was going to be more potent. Um, they just don't got the dudes on the outside, but everything is still in front of them. They need some help to get back to the ACC title game, mm-hmm. but I think you know the ACC is going to beat itself up with some good teams. I mean, ten and two is still on the table. Eleven and two is still on the table. The sky is not falling in Clemson, so I gave him a B minus, man. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go C plus, just because uh, when you look at this Clemson team and everything you thought that you would see with Garrett Riley, uh, the offense they've been they've been decent. They averaged 32 points per game, and that puts them at fifth in the ACC. The defense, they're number one in total defense, so this is still a solid unit, but. You know, I'm going to fall into that boat with the fans. Now, I'm not expecting Clemson to be a college football team, nor did I coming into this season. But I still 
you know, some of the blemishes that they had. Obviously, their two losses, though, they are quality losses. So, you know what? I'm going to change mid-sentence. I'm going to go B- as well. <laughs> They've lost to two quality football teams in the Duke Blue Devils that are very, very underrated yet and still in my book. And, uh, you know, to Florida State, who looks to be a college football playoff team, they're at least in the driver's seat to get themselves there, coming in there. And it took them to overtime. Clemson had a chance to win that game if the kicker uh, off the street makes a kick. They got a chance to get uh, that upset. So I'm going to go B- minus uh, for the Tigers. I gave them a little bit uh, of, of extra credit at the bottom of the test, and I saw that they did get it right. I missed it the first time I looked at their paper. Uh, now we go to Raleigh. So, Fiddy, try not to, <laughs> you know, give your bias towards them in your grade. You know, they have a family. They have people that care about them that want them to make good grades. So for NC State, though, uh, I'll start it out this time, and I'm going to give the Wolfpack a D, okay? Because when you look at this team right now, uh, they're 1-2 and in the league, 4-3 and overall. They brought in Robert and I, Brennan Armstrong, uh, to perhaps revive this offense that's been struggling, and it's been a problem for NC State since they've gotten there. Uh, fourth worst offense in the ACC when you talk about scoring offense. MJ Morris has stepped in. Hasn't been much of an improvement in my estimation. He's turned the football over. He looks very erratic at times. Uh, the defense is still decent. They still are in the upper half of the league when you talk about total defense, but uh, I just feel like that this season offensively it's just been a disaster for them, especially with the expectations that they had, and I just don't think that they're done losing football games. Yeah, I, I ended up giving them a C just because think about all the expectations they had a year ago. And then you're coming off, you know, you you know, Devin Leary transfers, you you lose, you know, some more guys up front into and, and off that defense. This was a reset year, I thought, for the Wolfpack program. But when you went out and you brought in Brennan Armstrong, that was trying to just really keep expectations high. I still think they're going to go to a bowl game. I, they, they still play quality defense that gives them a chance week in, week out. I think we've learned that Brennan Armstrong has the potential to be a good quarterback when you've got NFL caliber wide receivers around him like he had at Virginia. State doesn't have that. It's not the year that they wanted or expected, but Doran is always a consistent head coach. So I gave him a C. All right, so moving on, because we got to get through these. we got a good many of these to get through. So the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, I'll kick things off right here. I'm going to give my Deeks an F, okay? <laughs> uh, 0-3 in the ACC, 3-3 three and three overall. You lose to Georgia Tech at home, which I think Georgia Tech's a feisty bunch. I think that's a solid team. But uh, you, you struggled at Old Dominion, all the turnovers. Mitch, as much as I thought that he was going to be uh, the next great Wake Forest quarterback, man, he struggled badly. Uh, Clemson, I got to put a little bit of that on the coaches with the conservative play call and not really going for the gusto like we never do versus Clemson. And then last week, just getting utterly embarrassed in Blacksburg to what I think is a mediocre at best Virginia Tech team. I know Kyle Bailey's going to come in here and give me the smoke, but I told him that to his face in the fishbowl. I just didn't think uh, Virginia Tech is that great of a team. We'll see if they continue to win, but... I'm giving the Deeks an F. Yeah, I, I gave him a D just because it's it's very hard to You're replace. Nice it's very hard <laughs> to replace a guy like Sam Hartman, who I know came up small in big games. Yes. But he got you into big games by playing really great. You still got to trust Dave Clawson moving forward. It's not the year they wanted to have, but Wake Forest, I think, next year, they'll reevaluate. 
they'll get better where they need to get better and get back to winning seven, eight, nine games on a consistent basis. Hopefully so, because at this point, they're going to have to hit the uh, the portal because it doesn't look like Michael Kern is the answer, nor does it look like uh, Mitch Griffiths is the answer either, man. So tough times uh, in Winston-Salem. So you guys out there, you can't say, and I'm out here being biased. I gave my damn school an F. What more do you want from me, okay? <laughs> All right, moving on to the South Carolina Gamecocks. One and three in the SEC, two and four overall. Uh, we got to get rapid fire with these. Uh, I'm going to give the Gamecocks a D plus. Uh, I feel like that they have been a little bit of a disappointment. I feel like Rattler's really the only thing that you got going out there. Plus with the uh, passing of the buck from their coach, uh, not feeling South Carolina, going to give them a D. I gave them a D and it's not because the record doesn't necessarily surprise me. It's how they got their record. You couldn't block North Carolina and then you couldn't you couldn't slow down Graham Mertz with a ten point lead in the last five minutes against Florida at home. And so um, I don't think Beamer should be on the hot seat. But I thought this program was going to take another step in the right direction. That hasn't happened. I I give him a D. Yeah. All right. So moving on to Appalachian State. When you look at the Sun Belt Conference standings, they sit there one and one. And they oh no excuse me they are one and two in the Sun Belt and three and four. Uh, wait a minute. They're three and three and one and one. Excuse me. I'm sitting here looking right here at the standards. I thought for whatever reason they hadn't updated anything. One and one, three and three overall. Uh, I'm going to give them exactly what their record says. I'm going to give them a C. They're playing average football right now. Uh, Big game this weekend. uh, But so far for App, Joey Aguilar has been a nice, uh, you know, guy for them. Nice player on the come up. And then Nate Noel. But I'm going to give them a C with the three and three record. I gave them a D because I had this as a nine, ten win football team in the preseason. If they get, if they win nine games, that means they got to win out. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think the hot seat is going to continue to heat up for Sean Clark. All right. And then uh, East Carolina F, yeah. 0-2, 0-2 in the conference, 1-5 <laughs> overall. This was a team that I thought would at least be able to get to a bowl game. So, yeah, I'm giving them an F. And then I think we can both agree on Western Carolina with all of the superlatives I pulled out for them earlier. They are playing A-plus football, dominating offense, balling. They are, uh, like I said, one of the uh, better teams and arguably, uh, you know, they are, they, they're playing really great football. So I'm going to get the Catamounts their flowers right here. Big game this weekend, though. If they can get over the hump with this, man, that would be tremendous. But I'm going to give them an A-plus. I'm not going to lie to you. I wrote down an F because I read it as Charlotte. <laughs> so we don't have Charlotte on the list. Yes, A but plus Charlotte for be Western next. Carolina. Charlotte gets an F because yeah. you can't talk that talk yes. and be one and five and getting shut out at home by Navy. Yes, Cloud I agree show. with you 100%. Charlotte football gets an F as well. So those are our grades for all of the local teams that we talk about ad nauseum on this show. Let us know some of your grades for your favorite teams so far. We'll check those out on the text line. But for now, we're going to go to our last shropping it like it's hot for the day. The Wolverines are in trouble again. The NCAA is investing Harbaugh squad as apparently they have been accused of sign stealing. Mm. Now, the NCAA does not have rules specifically against stealing signs, but does prohibit in-person advanced scouting of opponents and also has bylaws prohibiting unsportsmanlike activities, which they're saying that this falls under. So apparently Michigan is being very cooperative in these 
uh, findings and trying to you know help the NCAA see that they didn't do it, but we'll have to see. Harbaugh is in trouble again. I mean, yeah, it just seems like it's always something with Michigan, always something with Harbaugh, but I mean, they're not going to fire him. I don't think this is a fireball offense. I do believe if you don't cheat, you're not trying in a lot of instances, but uh, signs still, and I feel like that that's something that's a pretty normal occurrence in college football, in sports in general, so I just think that maybe they're the ones that are getting caught with their hands in the cookie jar. It's like the old saying in baseball, if you're not trying to steal signs, you're not trying. You know, if you're going to have all these fancy signs up there, you're not trying to figure out what they are to get the right defense called. Are you doing your the the, the fullest extent of being a of being a coach? That answer is probably no. And they'll probably find some grad assistant to blame this for, and it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, they'll have a they'll have a fall guy ready to go. But when we come back on the Wes and Walker show, we got a treat for you. Shroppy's got a track for us. He's going to let us hear his producing prowess. We're going to talk about that. And the new pepper that's blowing up the internet literally on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. to the sounds of Aaron Shropshire, a.k.a. Shroppy WFNZ, playing you one of his original beats right there. I thought we were going to be a little bit more ceremonious with this thing, but you just come right out, hitting us in the face with it. And let me say, it is fire. And I'm not just saying that because you're running the board. It's dope. That's the second dope one I've heard in a row from you. It's pretty lit. Give us some background on the track. Thanks, man. Yeah, so I actually, I made that one a long time ago. I made it like six years ago, uh, but it was one of my first ones that did pretty well. I actually got a workout app that picked it up and paid me to use it in their ads and stuff. Wow. So, yeah, what workout cool. app? Uh, Aptive. Okay. I think, uh, like I said, it was a long time ago. I forget what it was, but yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. I had my, my friends and stuff like that uh, say they were either on Instagram or on YouTube and they saw the ad pop up with that song on it. So yeah. it was pretty cool. Was that, uh, is that your only placement that you've ever gotten? I got that one and one more that got placed. That's pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I'm talking about. Even if you, the music industry is filthy, it's nasty, it's a lot of wild stuff that goes on. But man, there are other ways that if you are a beat maker out there, a producer, that you can get your tracks out there and not have to deal with some of the nonsense of the music industry. And that is doing stuff like that. Or, uh, you know, video games, different. There are a lot of ways, sound libraries. There are a lot of different ways, man, to get your stuff out there, man. So, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Thank that's, you. That's pretty dope. 
uh, yeah, you got to bring us some more so we can have that full session that we'll put on our uh, social media. For sure. And uh, if you guys haven't heard the first track, you got to do a little bit of digging. But it was only, it wasn't too long ago. So if you go check out the Wesson Walker uh, Twitter page, you can hear the first track that Shroppy played for us. And it was pretty dope as well. Had that jazzy 1990s type of feel. So, uh, yeah. And then wanted to make... A quick correction. We talked about Chili Pepper X. We talked about that uh, a little bit, but had to go back and correct it. It has been originated by this sadistic guy named Ed Curry that is the founder of Pucker Butt Pepper Company <laughs> in South Carolina. He also created the Carolina Reaper. Uh, which took the record in 2013. So get this, guys, for some of these stats, okay? The new pepper was named Guinness World Records, world's hottest uh, recently. Then also, it rates at an average of 2.69 million Scoville heat units, according to tests performed by Winthrop University in South Carolina, beating the previous record holder, Carolina Reaper, which averaged 1.64 million Scoville heat Heat units. And they said the SHU scale was to measure chili pepper heat was developed by American chemist Wilbur Scoville in 1912. Uh, I don't know if I could have been hanging out with Wilbur in 1912. I think that would have been <laughs> against the rules back then. Oh, my God. But by comparison, the average jalapeno pepper scores between 3,000 to 8,000 uh, SHU, Scoville heat units, uh, according to Guinness. And so I saw a news story about this yesterday, and they were on uh, Hot Ones, which is a show that I love uh, on the internet, the show where they eat hot chicken wings in succession from uh, mild to hot, and then they get to talk about what they can do, uh, you know, in between bites. And they tried it. And when they described what was happening when they ate it, the man said, and this is the man who invented the doggone thing. And hold on, I, I got to tell you a little about this process. It's, it's not a ton, but they said that what he did was he cross-breeded it with some of his hottest peppers to date to increase its capsaicin content, I think that says, but he cultivated this pepper for over 10 years. He said when you eat that thing, he said there were just pain shooting down his arms, shooting down his legs. He said they quickly had to stop filming at Hot Ones because everybody had to walk off the set basically to duck for cover. And they said, that the news guy who did the piece, he said, when you just lick the pepper, that your tongue goes numb. Like, it's it's amazing. I don't even know why anybody would ever want to eat something like that. What what say you guys, both of you guys? There's, I mean, I think the hottest pepper I've ever had was a habanero. And then and, and that's, I mean, that's that's about as, about as hot as I can go. So... I, I just don't I just don't see I don't see the point of eating something that's gonna that's gonna physically hurt me and it's gonna make me cry or you know have to spend the, the next three days on the toilet like to me that's not that's not enjoyable yeah and that's the thing too man I could not imagine what it <laughs> must feel like once it gets inside of your body man I mean it's got to just be excruciating and that's why I say like 
who can handle that for one? And 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 what's the point? Like, why would you want to eat something like that? That's the thing that gets me about this whole deal. But anyway, it's interesting. It comes from the Carolinas, whether it's South Carolina or North Carolina. So, man, that was absolutely it's been a trending topic and very uh, interesting, man, to say the least. But, man, should I be getting a lot of love on the text line? Yeah. Thank you, guys. Brian says that that beat made him have the stank face and bop his head. Because that's the thing about music, too, is that you can't hide your reaction to it. Mm -hmm. If you play it for somebody, it's just like eating bad food. Uh, When you listen to music for the first time, your reaction is hard to hide. And so that's pretty dope that you were able to sneak that in. So you got true reactions. It's not like we told people that it was you and then they were like, oh, it's Shroppy, so I'm going to give him some love. I don't want to make him feel bad. It was like, no, like they didn't know what it was and they were giving you your credit, man. So, hey, kudos to you, man. Thank you, guys. It means a lot. Thank you. All right, so, Fiddy, we, we got to get back on, on our pick game, man. We have been off with that. And we got to tally up. I got to let you know uh, how it went last week. So, do you want to pick uh, the game tonight? We've got an NFC South rival going with the New Orleans Saints going against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me uh, Trevor Lawrence, man, on the road. He's never won in the Superdome. He's 0-2 with losses to LSU in the Natty and Justin Fields in the semifinals. Short week on the road. It's always tough. Give me the Saints by a field goal. All right. So, uh, besides that, are you watching anything else tonight? I know baseball. Yeah, Definitely baseball. cracking tonight as well. Lots of sports to watch. We talked about the Canes. There's so much on TV uh, to check out. Yeah, you got Pivotal Game 4 in the ALCS. Game 3 in the NLCS. The Diamondbacks trying to get back in the series. You can get into their their, their stadium for 12 bucks to watch a NLCS game. That tells you wow. what the people out in Arizona feel about playoff baseball. But I'll be locked into everything uh, sports-wise tonight. Well, won't you go jump on a plane and uh, pay your 12 bucks <laughs> and be able to go? But I forgot you like John Madden. No, you don't like the fly. Terrified so gotta, of it, man. You got to have some bus. All right. Well, listen, we appreciate you guys listening, and we hope you brought you guys an uh, entertaining show that you enjoy. We'll be back tomorrow to do it again. Walker Mail will not uh, be back with us. It will be myself, uh, Josh Fittimalo, and Shroppy again behind the board. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. So make sure you tune in to the Weston Walker Show with a couple of substitutes uh, thrown in there for a funky Friday, a freaky Friday, whichever uh, you want to put in front of the Friday. But we will be back at you 12 to 3. Kyle Bailey is walking in with Smoke Ludwig, so you can check those two out coming up next, and they will offer you uh, their brand of sports talk. But again, this has been the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. See you tomorrow.